Okay, episode four, Rolling with the Punches. I am happy to be joined by Darnell Giovanni of Mystic Black MMA on Instagram, YouTube. You could probably, I'll, I'll plug him. I'll drop all his links down below. Uh, thank you, Darnell, for joining us. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to be here, and I'm excited to talk to you, boss. Yeah, so this is the first time we're meeting, actually, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say. And um, I mentioned to you a little bit, but I've had Brendan Fitzgerald on, um, a bunch of people that just um, do stuff in media and um, you're like the first person I, I mentioned I had an old podcast that I used to do but you're the first person who I'm newly speaking to that I just brought on so I'm excited to uh, have you joining us absolutely I'm, and I'm super excited to do this my first time getting interviewed by somebody else so I'm excited <laughs> as well <laughs> yeah so I so the way I found you I'll kind of start off there um, I, I I'm a big MMA guy um, I've always been a huge fan uh, since I'd say 2014 um John Jones, Daniel Cormier, uh, Dennis Seaver, McGregor, Aldo McGregor, Chad Mendez, McGregor, like that era of, of fighting. And um, so I just watch, you know how it is, always watching interviews, the the media stuff that is what makes me love MMA. And I, I stumbled upon an interview that you did with, um, it was Chael Sonnen. And then I actually I think it was Megan O'Levy, the one that, that brought me into it was recently. Yeah. And um, I saw you did stuff with Chael Sonnen, John Annex. So I was like, oh, who is this guy? It's really interesting. So I reached out to you and um here we are. So that's what I wanted to kind of start off on. How old are you now, by the way? I was curious about that. I am 30. I turned 31 on Saturday. Okay. Okay. And um, how long have you been in media and like what kind of started you getting into this whole um, podcasting media realm? Is it something you've always been passionate about? So media wise, uh, I, when I first thought about doing something like this, because I always wanted to do broadcasting since high school, I was in the broadcasting classes every year for four years. I went from behind the camera and then I obviously I just wanted to do in front of the camera, you know, not specific interviews, but just broadcastings, news. And I always thought to myself, oh, I want to be maybe on e-news and do like celebrity news, because in that time period, that was like the most interesting thing people were interested in. And that's what I wanted to do. Then I kind of thought about it. And as I've watched uh, UFC fights since the age of 12, which my first fight that I ever watched was uh, Anderson Silva versus Travis Luter, which was. UFC 76, something like that. It's, it's a, it's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I, my, my stepdad put me on, on MMA and I would see things from MMA in the past, like Tito Ortiz with the blonde hair fighting Chuck Liddell, but I just never sat down and watched a full card. So knowing how much I love the sport and always going to watch fights with my friends, every single Saturday there was a card, or even if there was on TV, I figured out a way to watch it because I just thought it was just something just so amazing and different than your regular boxing. Because in that time period, to me, boxing wasn't exciting. And I really kind of fell out of love with that. I always was, I always loved WWE and wrestling, but I kind of wanted something that was, you know, real competition. And I, I remember uh, putting it out on Facebook in 2011, I believe. And I said, I'm going to start my own MMA blog. And I, I, I'm, I didn't know which way I was going to go about it, but I knew I would just be giving myself to MMA in some capacity or just uh what's the word i'm looking for uh i can't i can't find the word but like contribute in any way yeah possibly. contributing to, yeah. to mma in some capacity at, at some rate and i went to school down here at fiu and i got my degree with, with within broadcasting and television production which i can do behind the scenes things and, and of course in front and it's funny because people have asked me who's doing your production and all the other things i'm just like it's not anybody it's just me i'm doing everything <laughs> pretty much by myself. I'll ask some other people, you know, for some digital uh, help, like with um, like 
graphic design, you know, with things like that. But besides that, I'm pretty, I pretty much do everything myself. And then a year and a half ago, I decided I gotta, I'm going to go straight forward with it because it was a little difficult getting out of school and the pandemic began. Literally, I got out of, out of school and the pandemic began. So it was just like, man, I can't travel to events. I can't do anything. I got to do everything from home. How am I going to do this? And I'm just like, ah, I'm, 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 a, I'm a young guy. I know how to work the internet. I know how to speak to people. I know how to ask some questions and thing like, things like that. Let me just start my, my, I used to have a photography page and I mm -hmm. turned it into my, my MMA page. And I didn't even have that many followers on the photography page. I think it was about a hundred followers, something like that. But I changed it to my MMA page. It was originally called Strike Down MMA. And then I thought to myself, uh, what, what's, what's something that like describes me and, and something that I can think about that would just be different than everybody else's name. And if you go on Reddit, when I was in Las Vegas in 2015 uh, or 16, I forget what year it was, I did a prediction for Conor McGregor and it was during a fan Q&A and Conor McGregor was the guy taking the questions. I asked him one question and then I told him, hey, I want to I want to announce you as the new UFC featherweight champion. And I just I did it. And I said within 18 seconds of the first round, I ended up being about five seconds off. <laughs> and somehow uh, one of my friends sends me a link and it said mystic black man with hat uh, almost predicts Conor McGregor's fight to a T. And it was me. So I was just like, <laughs> that's that's funny. And I kind of I kind of took it off of that. I'm just like, you know what, Mystic Black MMA that works perfectly for me, and I used it uh, as that. Wow, I actually had no idea that that's how you got your yeah. name. And are you a big Conor McGregor fan, by the way, or, or, or you just are a big fan of MMA? Or yeah, I'm a I'm a no, I am I am a Conor McGregor fan. Yes, absolutely. He's he's somebody that has revolutionized the sport without a doubt. I am not a big fan of his recent actions and things that he yeah. said. I feel like there's a lot of uh, things in his life that he may not have in a good place that he's making certain comments and the money might've gotten to him. And that's something that I always thought if that man makes too much money, you can either go one way or the other. And that, that kind of yeah. goes with any athlete to be completely honest. But besides being a fan of him, I'm a huge fan of the sport and a lot of other athletes. Yeah. So you said a lot of stuff in the opening there. I had no idea that's how you got your name. Actually. I think that's yeah. awesome because um, <laughs> it's so funny. I love, you know, it's, I think that was the fight with Aldo that you're referring to in 13 seconds. Um, yeah. when he knocked him out for the featherweight title and that's like yeah. kind of what got me into like 100 percent zomi like this is the sport because i remember um i also want to touch on mcgregor too how he is now and because i think you, you yeah. make great points there but um that is so funny that they <laughs> go they said mystic black man um Mystic black man with that <laughs> yeah and i didn't know that's how you got your name though because it's kind of yeah. and especially that being such like a a huge knockout in mma history i think that's yeah. like an awesome way to get your name out there that that's that's really awesome i just thought you you were named that i had no idea that 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 whole story came with yeah. it um and also like so you don't work so this is what i was curious about too when i was like researching you you don't do work for a production you need all you need all good oh, okay um do you work for like a production company or this is your own thing because i've seen you do stuff with that mma page um i'm not sure the name of them if you could plug them right now uh mma island yeah um yeah, i don't island. work I, I don't work for any specific uh company i do uh just i contribute to to them so low kick mma i've contributed to i've done mma island and i've done i've been on the fight podcast before i've been on fight dialogue before a couple other places I've contributed uh, my voice to. Yeah, that's awesome. 
So, so what do they do? They just reach out to you and they're kind of like, we want you to interview this person um, for our page. And you, you just like collab with them almost. Is that how it works? Uh, They don't, they don't reach out to me to, well, sometimes it depends because sometimes I'll have, I I get to be completely honest. I get all my interviews. I'm the person that gets all my interviews. I don't have somebody specifically telling guy, Oh, here's somebody. We give you this person. They have maybe once or twice before, but pretty much I'm getting myself those interviews. I'm sending those emails. I'm talking to managers. I'm in those DMs. It's pretty much myself. So it's more me, they, them wanting to put my interviews on their, on their page. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's, that's also what I wanted to talk about too. So, but I, I want to kind of bring it back to what you said originally on this. is So basically also with the podcast, it's kind of like a motivational thing where I like to talk yeah. about people's motivation, their drive, um, so like stuff in their life that's motivated them, their work ethic. And I've already noticed within five minutes starting talking to you, I think it's incredible that you edit, um, produce, do the whole production. Even now you're just saying you reach out to all these um, personalities, fighters, everyone, because like in, I went to school for media. So what I do now, and um, well, I just started this podcast, but I've been around in the media realm for a while. And, and any job that I've worked, I, I have separate businesses yeah. on the side especially in editing though, the fact that you're able to manage all that stuff is incredible to me. And like, that's a side of like media people that I feel like the world doesn't really see. Like they just watch your interview with Chael and you see it's like entertaining. It's a, he's a good personality. It's Chael's son and you guys have a great conversation, but they don't realize all the work that goes into getting, especially a Chael's son and level of person and then editing and getting it out there. All they see is the 20, 30, 40 minute interview that's on their screen that's there for their entertainment. So um, how do you have that work ethic? Like, how do you, you know what I mean? Break that down for me. What, 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 I mean, what motivates you? <laughs> well, what motivates me is definitely giving that opportunity to speak to people that I've been watching for such a long time. And my thing is, if I'm, if, if I know how to send an email, if I know that there's, there's a possible way for me to get to this person, I will find that way. Like if, even if I have to go as deep as oh who cuts their hair i'll find their barber and ask their barber hey do you think that they they'll have time to get an interview with me or something like that i will dig as much as possible to get to that person i mean there are some people who are just completely unavailable and it's hard to get there but in my mind nobody's impossible i don't care how small i am i don't care how big i am i'm going to try to get to talk to you as much as i can not to say i want to talk to every single person but there's a lot of specific people who i feel have very inspiring stories and that inspires me to tell people those stories because a lot of people look at MMA guys as just these vicious people that just go in there and get want to kill somebody or just like there's certain people they might see and it's just like, man, what's wrong with that person? Why would he say something like that? They, the guy might have a completely different story and you see a different side of him. And I want to put that out there, you know, and, it, and it'll, it'll give people a different respect for the sport. So that definitely motivates me for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So you kind of have that, um, you kind of play that news reporter role almost where like your motivation behind it is, is, is natural where you, you want to, although it's the produced content, you, you really do have that perspective. Like, I want to see what this person has to say. So like, for instance, the McGregor, I, I agree with what you said earlier. I think the dude, first of all, he's my favorite fighter um, in what previously in and out the inside and outside the octagon, the, I think the whole, mystic mac and the way that he was able to kind of use the law of attraction and all that to kind of build his name and his career is it was incredible at the time before he was kind of going off on the wrong side so i love mcgregor but use that as an example where like 
you're looking at it from the perspective of like, I want to hear what this guy has to say about why he did these certain things. Not you, you're just doing it. Cause you, you really want to know why I, I think that's, that's awesome. That's, that's, yeah. that's truly your passion about it. Um, yeah, that, that that's that's really all I got to say about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's. I appreciate that. Yeah, because we um that that was one of the questions I asked. Like, when was it that you knew um that you wanted to do like what what you're currently doing? When did, when was it that you found your passion? Definitely found my passion in in uh, there was a specific fight that I was watching, and I believe Errol Hawani was doing an interview with someone and he felt the emotion of the other person that he almost cried when he was talking to him. Like he literally felt that person's emotion. And I've seen that happen in another sport as well in tennis and like John McEnroe interviewing Roger Federer and Roger, Roger Federer, just very emotional after a loss. And this is the emotion that they have just watching somebody and you're not even that person in the ring or the cage that just, man, that, that I just love the, the passion of, of, of these guys. And I felt like in that time period, I forgot exactly what fighter he was interviewing. I'll remember it and I'll DM you and I'll tell you which one it was. <laughs> but when I just, when I saw him get that emotional, it showed me how much passion he had and how much passion the fighter had for the, the, the sport as well. And I'm just like, man, I love this sport this much too. And to work to a point where I see these guys there in, in their inspiring stories. And I've watched these, uh, interviews that they do behind the scenes like that Megan Olivia does with these guys that are just one-on-one -on -one and they kind of have a different, they're in a different space and especially a different mind space. And just seeing those certain different things, there wasn't that specific moment, but I just, I definitely knew this is what I love for sure. Especially this past year and a half that I've been doing this, I can definitely feel how much I love it and how much I'm motivated every morning to wake up to set up my week of interviews, to do make sure I'm doing my research on the guys I have interviews coming up for to make sure I'm sending everything I need to send to get these people to make sure I'm putting out a product for everybody during the week that they can see and then you know we can talk about it and to talk to everybody when they want to speak to me too about this sport that's amazing and I don't feel like I'm working that's the best feeling yeah great point that you made right there too I mean I'm already so that, that the point of this show really was to break down everything that you're kind of saying. Like yeah. I, I was the, the root of it was trying to see where people's passions lied, uh, trying to see like what motivates people. And I, it's funny, like you answered all these questions without even me asking them to. And I think that's really dope to be honest with you, because um, it, it's pretty apparent that you're doing this because you love it. It's not because of anything else. And that was the most natural answer that I've really heard so far. Uh, shout out Brendan Fitzgerald. Great guest, but <laughs> Brendan Fitzgerald is a man, man. I, I, he, I look up to him big time. I definitely want to interview him one day. I'm just, it's, it's, it's hard to get these guys, especially when they're working. Yeah. These guys, it's not just, they think it's just two days or three days of working. These guys have four weeks of doing research and putting together what they're going to say when they're on there, especially somebody like Brendan Fitzgerald, who's the color commentator, you know, that's, that's a lot he has to do on there. Have you been in contact with him? He would definitely be down to do something with you. You guys would, I think you guys would have a great episode actually. Um, no, I have yet to send him a message yet, but he's somebody that is on my, my radar because I'm doing certain people like in time. So I had that Megan Olivi that I did. I did the John Anik. I did the Ari Hawani and Brendan Fitzgerald, Paul Felder and uh, DC are a couple of people that are on my list that are in that broadcasting area and Karen Bryant as well. Shout out to Karen Bryant. Love Karen Bryant. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing all those. Um, Karen, Karen, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to break down these interviews a little bit and get into yeah. that because that's kind of what I found you on. I feel like that's kind of the root of what you do. Um, yeah. So first, um, who was like the first interview you, you did when you were like, okay, this is like, I got to start getting more guests. This is awesome. 
who was like, what was the one that really got you going on the path that you're on now? The one that really got, so the first interview I ever did was Mike Vaughn, Mike Vaughn, MMA junkie, shout out to him. Amazing, amazing uh, human being to, to be completely honest, such a nice guy. And he just responded. He's like, absolutely, bro. We can do it tomorrow. And he was like, let's mm -hmm. do it. But the one that got me going definitely was my interview with Burt Watson because he just was so there's, there's a difference between, you asking somebody a question and just give you like one word answer, two word answer, which is possible. Yeah. Some people are just like that. But the the responses that Burt Watson gave me and the stories that he told me, they brought me so much life, so much life because he told me things about Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Nelson Mandela. Like he, he's been through so many periods of his, of his, mm -hmm. uh, of combat sports period. And just how lively he was and at the age that he is, I'm not going to say his age, you yourself, you're not to say that, was <laughs> just so awesome to, to, to hear that. And that interview right there definitely was my one of my favorites. Still to this day, one of my favorite interviews for sure. And looking at that, that's awesome to hear. Uh, looking at the future of, of your interviews, you said you wanted to do a bunch of the ESPN guys and um, all that. Who's like your dream interview that that you could see yourself doing soon? Someone that like hands down someone who you just look up to that you would enjoy interviewing who is that i think one of my uh, big biggest people that i would love to interview i did one of them the uh two weeks ago which was frankie edgar that one i went i was that's one of my favorite people that's what that if, if yeah if i know some people like especially broadcasters don't speak about or journalists don't speak about like their favorite fighters but i will say frankie edgar is my favorite fighter of all time mm -hmm. so to get to interview him that was amazing but number one maybe i want to say daniel cormier i would mm. love to talk to daniel cormier because i feel like he's full of so much information he's very honest and he's doesn't he doesn't beat around the bush with anything that he says and he everything he says he means and he's definitely up there for me for an, uh, an interview I'm, i hope to get that at some point but daniel cormier for sure okay yeah that's dope i i uh I would love to see that. I feel like DC's a good person too, like from yeah. the heart. Like I remember when he fought Jones um, the first time that, like I said, uh, that press conference where they got into it and they were, uh, yeah. you know what I'm talking about when, when <laughs> there was chaos everywhere and everyone was like a huge Jones fan at that time. It was kind of like John Jones was like the big star in the UFC. And I remember yeah. DC just being so down to earth. And I remember always like, it's so hard to hate this guy at a time when everyone was like going for John Jones. And oh. now you, you look at him. He's just such a stand-up dude. I agree with you. Talking to Daniel would probably be an awesome uh, interview as well. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I felt like at that time people were hating him because yeah. if we if we even go to wrestling time times, there's a heel and there's a face. And I felt John Jones pay, played the heel really well. That the crowd loved him. They loved yeah. him so much. And like DC, all oh, this father, this good guy. We're not going to go for him. We're going to go for John Jones. And I feel like that's <laughs> why people were against DC in that time period. But Let's be honest. Look how that all panned out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I um, <laughs> I know it's crazy how, how time works, especially in MMA. It's like yeah, one minute you can be on top of the world, um, and then you know, next minute everything changes, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so I want to talk more about uh your like social media uh strategies almost. So I had uh last week a good friend of mine. He runs like a sports uh account. His name CJ Vogel. Um, he does yeah. like a sports kind of like a highlight page. Um, where he like posts pictures of things that happen and he just lets people comment and like it, but that's his brand. That's what he gets sponsorships off of. So what would your strategy, and he was kind of giving me strategies also on like how he would get engagement, how he collaborates, all that stuff. So from your perspective on interviewing people and um, the job that you do, 
because you kind of have it all in one. You got to do the interviews, you got to market, you got to promote all this stuff. What What's kind of your strategy on getting those interviews and running uh, your media empire, really? Uh, for me, is making sure people know something is coming up. Like if I have an interview coming up, you're going to know about it a week before or maybe the week of, but you're going to know about it before it drops. So that's always important to me. Uh, putting it out the right time. Putting out an interview in the morning is not a smart idea because everybody's at work. When are they going to watch it? I learned this early in my, in my early days because I would do interviews live and there would be maybe one person watching it. Not to say I need a bunch of people watching it live at the same time, but the engagement of it wasn't really good because who's really looking for interviews at nine o'clock in the morning, you know? <laughs> yeah. So the, the timing of it wasn't smart. So definitely putting things out at the right time. Uh, definitely putting things out when there's something big in, in MMA going on. If there's a big card coming up, make, making sure you're using the, the correct hashtag so when people click something, it'll bring you to this interview page, whatever it is, it'll bring you there. So definitely strategizing with those things and tagging the right people. Of course, you know, you want to, if I have something with a fighter, I'm going to tag them and I'm going to ask that fighter as well. Hey, if it's okay with you, that I don't, they, and they don't remember, they don't have to do this. If it's okay with you, can you just repost it on your page? And they'll yeah. usually, they'll do it. I, I don't think I've had anybody not repost something that I've done with them. So you just have to ask in the right way. And, 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 and honestly, remember fighters do things for money and for, for promotional periods and all, and all that stuff. I don't pay them for interviews, mm -hmm. so they don't have to do that for me. So it's out, the, it's out of the kindness of their hearts. And that definitely helps as well when they are retweet something or repost something Then a lot of people will see it. So definitely that, that works as well. Yeah. Um, you mentioned when you were getting those interviews, you said, I'll reach out to uh, the barbers if I have to, has there ever yeah. been a situation where you've reached out to a barber of someone and been like, Hey, what's going on with the, this person? There has been a situation where I, I reached out to a barber. There's been a situation too, where I reach out to somebody's like brother that they don't even, nobody even knows they have a brother, but mm -hmm. I'll find out that this person, they, they, this is their brother, or this is their person. And I'll get there. Like for instance, with, even though I met John Anik, I met John, John Anik five years ago in um, Las Vegas, and he lives down here in Boca Raton. And he said, hey, if you ever need help with anything, you let me know, email me, whatever. I guess I had the wrong email for John Anik because I was hitting him up, nothing. John Anik, twin brother, Jason Anik, he's, he's, on, he's on a show with Bilal Muhammad. I'm like, you know what? Let me reach out to Jason. Shout out to Jason Anik, by the way. He's such an amazing guy. I get to host uh, Remember the Show with him. And I'm what? Um, oh wow! I've sent, sent I sent him a, an, an email. I, I mean, I sent him a DM on Instagram. He saw it. He's like, "Of course, man. I'll, I'll connect you. Absolutely." Boom! I got John Anik. And not that many people know that John Anik has a twin brother. Yeah, or I a no brother idea period. either. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. that, I respect that so much um, from you. That's awesome. That 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 you would even think out of the box like that. Yeah, and, Jason, Jason Anik, it's not even somebody with like, oh, he has all these big followers. No, Jason Anik probably has like 100 followers on Instagram. Not Nothing crazy. And he, he, he helped me with getting somebody who's on Saturday pay-per-views, you know, all the time, which is yeah. awesome, you know? Yeah, wait, you said, you mentioned, you said you and Jason have a show coming up. Is that what you said? It kind of lagged. It was a little laggy over there. You oh, guys sorry. Are doing something um, yeah, I'm going to be on. He has a show with Bilal Muhammad. And I'm going to get to be on the show. I'm going to get to host the show with him um, the next time Bilal fights. Okay. That's awesome. So he yeah. does it during, like, he commentates over it, kind of like his brother, or it's? 
No, no, no. He just does a podcast and he talk about, well, kind of like, I don't know if you ever seen like the Florian and Anik uh, podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very similar, but they do a game show at the end of the, sh- the, the, the podcast with two fighters, two media personalities, something. And it's really cool. Like a trivia game show. That's awesome. So you've been able to kind of build a relationship with the Annex um, during your time in media. <laughs> Absolutely. And they're, I promise you, some of the most awesome people. The Annex, Balal, uh, Cody Merrill, shout out to him. He's the one that uh, produces Ke- Kenny Florian and Annex show. And remember the show, amazing guy. Those people like that tight knit group of them are such amazing humans. And I'm very grateful for them. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm actually, I, I am inspired by the way that you reach out to people and kind of, I, I heard advice one time, I forgot, it was like an influencer had said this, the best thing to to um, do in like trying to make yourself successful is to kind of like, don't take no for an answer. And I feel like you demonstrate kind of that the best, like you DM John Anik on Instagram, I don't know how many followers he has, he's probably a ton of them, but odds are he's not, yeah. excuse me, odds are he's not going to see them because it's flooded with a ton of dms but you kind of take the approach of like i'm gonna find these people's barbers and brothers and i think that's such a good idea and i i will like people like sometimes uh other people will be like hey man how did you get this person or can you get me this person i mean like i don't mind helping anybody but Mm -hmm. at the same time to me you definitely can get if i can get there you definitely can get there there's nothing i'm like specially doing that oh my god it's this darnell i gotta be honest no I'm just going for it. And that's, that's my thing. Go for it. Why not? You never know what, what can happen. You know, I might shoot my Conor McGregor shot one day. I don't know. I definitely can <laughs> dig or want to want to get there at some point, but like, at least I'm going to try, I will do everything in my power to try to get there. There's no, there's no no to me in, in, in a sense of like myself going for it. Somebody can say no to me and I've been turned down before. Absolutely. But there's no no to me in trying because I'm, I'm going to no matter exactly. what. Exactly. Yeah, I really, I respect that a lot. Um, have you done any, this is a side note, have you done any work yeah. with like, or thought about doing any work with like um, Rogan or trying to get in contact with him? Because I know that would be like the ultra. I feel like you guys would have, like, I mean, <laughs> anyone who can get Rogan on would be awesome. But like, have you ever thought of even trying to reach out to him? Batman is so busy mm-hmm. that he doesn't even have time to talk to himself. Yeah. That's probably why he talks so much on that on that show. But I I've, I have not tried Um that's something I would love to do maybe later down the road. I don't need to be, do, I don't need to do that right now. I mm-hmm. feel like there's a lot of other people that I want to speak to before I get to the Joe Rogan stage. And to be honest, I'd like to be on Joe Rogan show one day. And I want him to me, me and him just chop it up and we just talk like that. That would be awesome. Yeah. And I, it's, it's funny you say that. Cause I always let, I think about that. Like one day I would love to be on Rogan. Yeah. It's, uh, it'd be awesome to, to join him. Oh, and talk yeah. about that. That's one of, that's one of, I know he says some crazy stuff, but you know what? he gives freedom of speech definitely a big platform right there. And not to say everything he says is right, but you can go on that show and literally talk about anything. And that's yeah. kind of something that, that I love, you know, that's something that I do myself with fighters. It's like, it's not always just fight questions. Let's talk about something else. You know, they get the same questions all the time. Got to switch it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's, let's bring it back to, so I want to kind of talk about your upbringing and um, yeah. you as a person. So um have you always been into, you said, you mentioned that you like boxing before. I also wanted to touch on that too, because I think that's kind of how everyone got into MMA a little bit, you know, boxing is a dying breed. They don't give you the fight. This is always what I would say. Like they don't give you the fights that you want to see. Um, mm-hmm. It's all over the place. There's so much politicking. And with the UFC, since it's kind of one big promotion and it kind of dominates the sport of MMA, we see those fights that we want to see. So I feel like the way you kind of fell in love with the sport is the way that well, I did. And certainly a lot of other people fell in love with the sport, but 
um, your upbringing, like, is that something that you, have you always been in invested in combat sports or like regular sports, like football, basketball, baseball, is, or what were you like as a child with sports? So with sports, definitely boxing. I always watch any Tyson fight, Holyfield, any of those guys that were fighting, I was always watching that. Um, I was a big WWE fan. I know they might not consider a sport, but those those people are athletes. No, yeah, for um, sure. I'm still a WWE fan. I still watch it to this day. Um, I mean, not just WWE, but wrestling period, because there's a lot of other uh, great organizations, such as AEW, ROH, New Japan Pro Wrestling. There's a lot of really good organizations out there. So um, definitely a huge fan of that. Baseball, I grew up watching the Yankees and the Marlins as well. Um, I'm a big uh, basketball fan. I, uh, that's that's a big thing for me. I watch every season. I don't have a specific team that I associate myself with. I used to be a Knicks fan, but I got out of that depression. I couldn't do it anymore. I don't like <laughs> I don't like James. Do I think James Dolan is a piece of fill in the blank. And I would never <laughs> I could never be a fan of that kind of an organization. So I had to get out of that. Yeah. So I'm a big I'm a huge LeBron James fan. Uh, I pre pretty much anywhere he goes. I, I, I'll follow him, of course, minus when he came to the Miami Heat. I'm not a huge Miami Heat fan. Um, no offense to the Miami Heat, but mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of their fans. So, and I always say that, and, I, and I'll continue to say that. Um, tennis, of course, I love tennis. My aunt put me on tennis. I love tennis. I've watched that since I was like six or seven years old. Um, what else? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it when it comes to sports. Football, of course, I do watch football, but definitely was something I watched as I got older, especially when I got to high school. That's when I got huge on football. Mm -hmm. So you've always kind of just been in like this involved in sports one way or another. Like you've always been passionate yeah. about it in general. Yeah. I play a little basketball, but nothing crazy. No, not like that. <laughs> do you train at all by any chance? Like, do you like, cause I know I like to go spar with like friends. We'll get headgear. Like I, I trained boxing a little bit um, mm -hmm. one summer for like eight weeks. And like, that was yeah. some of the most fun I've ever had, but it was tough as hell. But do you train MMA by any chance or you just, you're just full out watching it? So back in the day, I used to do American Top Team here in Miramar. Oh, wow. I did it for, I did it for a, couple, a couple months, but it was just, honestly, it was just too expensive and I, I couldn't mm -hmm. afford it. Um, that's just, definitely something I do want to get back into. And once I'm making those those big bucks at some point, I definitely want to get into some boxing, some Muay Thai. 100%, I want to one day get my black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but not right now, no, I'm just I'm just watching. I would, if I were you, I'd start telling people I trained at 18 at uh, American Top no, Team. No, I don't. Mm -mm, only if somebody will ask me that, I'll, I'll tell them. But I'm not <laughs> they don't want to. So, <laughs> so then all of a sudden, there are some person that trains at a, at a top team. And oh, that's me, true. Me, and then I get beat up. And I'm, <laughs> I don't want to give myself. I don't want to give myself that that uh, height. And then all of a sudden, I just bring it down. No, I don't want to do that. That's funny though. Um, <laughs> Have you uh, personally met any of these guys um, in real life? Because you mentioned like you started doing this stuff during the pandemic. So I can yeah. imagine a lot of the interviews are like virtual, but have mm -hmm. you done uh, or met any of these dudes in person or are you looking forward to doing interviews in person with anyone soon? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bert Watson, I've met and worked with him. Uh, I still work with him now. Um, I've met Megan Olivi. I've met Ariel Hawani. I've met Daniel Cormier, Frank Mir, Conor McGregor, uh, Dustin Poirier, Nick Lenz, Torre oh, wow. Masvidal. Oh man, I, li I live in South Florida, so it definitely helps. Um, who else? I met a lot. There, when I went to Vegas, it actually was the MMA award. So a lot of these guys were already there and I got the honor of meeting them. Paige Van Zant was there, Ryan Couture, Frank Mir. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I've met a lot a lot of people for sure in, in, in the past and definitely want to meet more 
and interview more because I got a lot of guys that live down here. Oh, I met, I met your Will Romero, uh, mm. tight, uh, Austin Vanderford, uh, a couple guys down there at first round. Um, definitely, there's so many guys that live and train down here. So my next thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to be doing some in, in-person interviews. And I have a specific style of show that I'm going to be premiering, hopefully, within the next month. Premiering, I don't even know if I'm going to premiere it because it's going to, I, I might pitch it. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Have you, did you meet all these guys at the, have you done like UFC media? You know what I mean? Where they like stay um, kind of like the post fight, like John Morgan and like, they kind of have like the all access, like, you know what I'm talking about? Have, yeah, you, yeah. have you been invited to do that before or no? Uh, no, not, not yet. I haven't been invited for a UFC event, but I have been invited for Bellator, PFL. Okay. I'll be doing PFL next week. Um, Bellator I've been invited to as well, but it's, it was when they're too far, I can't, I can't do them yet, but I will soon. Um, I've been invited to X, 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 XC MMA. I believe they just had an event in South Carolina. I got invited to that and that's it for now, but I have not personally, uh, sat in a media. Oh, wait, yes, I have. I did the, uh, the Jake Paul and, um, uh. Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley. I did that. And I did the Logan Paul. Oh, really? Yeah, I was there when all that whole crazy thing happened. I was there. Oh, wow. How'd you get invited to the the Floyd thing? That's awesome. That's that you you get to meet. Well, you saw Floyd in person, but did you? Yeah, yeah. You did any media with him or no? It was kind Uh, of so I got I did media with Logan Paul. I don't know that interviews on my page. Yeah, I did see that. And then I was waiting in the room for Floyd. And I was going to get an interview with him. And then the whole thing went down. Oh. And the, P, the, the PR lady just like, we don't know if he's coming. So I waited for about an hour and a half. He never showed up. And then he ended up showing up about three hours later. And the guys who still were there got to do, inter- got got to do interviews. Interview. So I, I literally just missed that opportunity. But I just... It was, it was, I didn't think he would come back because that whole hat situation was not good. It was yeah. <laughs> a little scary, to be honest. Because I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, oh, that's guys true. Were, you, you ever seen Floyd Mayweather's guys? They're huge guys. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they had guns. I don't know if they're gonna start shove. A couple of media guys got hurt. It mm-hmm. was it was it was crazy. Yeah, did did Famio person or like uh who else put it on? It was Famio and um I don't want it was was it Showtime? It was Famio and Showtime that did it. Did they Famio person, and Showtime, yeah. They reached out to you or you how do you even kind of like do that? Were you you just are you just kind of like network your way into the events where you're doing I just I just uh there was an application to do. To, oh. to, to fill out and I just filled it out and yeah that's it and they either they accept you or they deny you I've been denied before for sure but I got accepted for that one and we we're all good from there that's awesome that you got to do the Logan Paul thing um yeah I just I definitely <laughs> it, cool. it, a- it was different for sure but you know it, it was cool and not to say that's a lot of things that I want to do I don't mind doing a Paul brother thing because they're doing they're actually I feel they're doing good things for the sports in a sense of getting athletes paid more money so I don't, I can't really hate on them, but the other celebrity boxing thing, I'm not, I'm not really interested. Oh yeah. that. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, um, I actually wanted to get into that a little bit, but I, I'm on board with you too. I think like, first of all, I actually, it's crazy too. Cause I feel like Jake Paul's starting to turn into like a likable guy, which is starting to be really weird. <laughs> Honestly, like I never, I never hated him. Like I don't have, it's very hard for me to hate somebody. If he's going in there, he's no. actually training. He's not mm-hmm. like BSing with anything that he's doing. He's training with guys like Jean Pascal and, and, and getting in there and sparring these guys, bringing some MMA guys just to, you know, that's a smart tactic because you know how they're going to look when they're in a boxing room. You know, I think he's doing a lot of smart things. So, and then he's getting these guys paid more money. Honestly, he really is. He's making the MMA guys more money. 
Yeah, so I guess we'll just jump right into like the fight talk. I, I definitely agree with you on the Jake Paul thing because yeah. um, you made a great point. You said, I, I love wrestling, but I wanted something more authentic. And that's kind of what the whole uh, brand of MMA is. It's it's wrestling content. <laughs> you look at like Colby Covington, you got heels, faces, <laughs> these people that um, it's real. yeah, they, they have this thing, but they're really getting in there and they're putting their lives on the line. So that's what makes it so interesting. But the thing about Jake is like, I actually feel like the dude's a legit boxer. Like, I feel like if, he, I mean, I'm, I'm talking like if you throw him in, in, in the, in the ring with like, I think he weighs like 190. So, or is that what he's walking? He's walking around like 190. Uh, no, I think he's walking around like over two, a little over 200, maybe well, like 205, something like that. He's fighting at like 190, but fighting thing, at 190. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing you're right. He's walking around probably like 205, 200, but if you throw him in there with like someone who, like, say Thoman with, like, a – I don't even know who I would – like, you know the dude who's about to fight Anthony Joshua? Um, um, Usyk? Usyk, yeah. If mm-hmm. you throw him in – because I think he used to fight at 200 before he's moving yeah. up to heavyweight. If you throw him in with someone like that, he's going to get absolutely, like, destroyed. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's a whole different ballgame. And people – and it's so weird to see it from that perspective because people wanted to jump in with guys like that. No, man. What mm-hmm. boxer in their beginning of their career – is fighting somebody of that stature and it's not yeah. an exhibition like Logan Paul did. But no, he's going to work his way up, but he's working his way up in a, in a very smart tactical way. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by his team. And then the guy who's leading his, who's his manager was somebody who used to work with the UFC and he was part of that huge sale that they had when they sold the company for $4 mm-hmm. billion. Yeah. That's interesting too. But I definitely think like, if you look at him and then and, and he makes a strong case, like, I listen, <laughs> I would have sound crazy if I said this. I, th- I think I think I sound crazy saying this now, but I really like and I'm a huge McGregor fan. I mentioned to you earlier. I genuinely believe if they fought at like 180, 185, 190, like in a boxing match, I, I genuinely believe it would be interesting. Similar to the way that like Floyd and Connor was interesting. I think it would be it would be a lot closer than people think because. Jake is strictly training for one thing, you know, and then yeah. you, you got to take into account like all this stuff about Connor and now with the leg and how inactive he's been after like 2016. And he's just done like a whole, he's kind of just like freelance the life. Like he's been on business deals with whiskey and like, and not even just Connor. If you look at like the Nate Diaz's of the world and they meet at like 185, 190, like, let's look at the facts. Like I genuinely believe this dude would make the, th- make it an interesting fight. Cause like you said, it's not like one of these BS, like YouTuber fights that just the TikTok thing, like Jake Paul's actually training. If he beats Woodley, I, I have no problem giving him credit, like for the rest of his boxing career. Like I would actually say he stands a chance against all those guys. I, I couldn't, I agree with you. Uh, if he be if he beats Woodley, mm-hmm. for sure he's gonna get more credit. I give him credit already because I can see that he's really he's actually taking it very seriously. Yeah. And even the Ben Askren, you gotta give him credit for that. Ben Askren's fought animal guys. I know, <laughs> I know he's he uses his, his uh his wrestling, but Robbie Lawler was hitting him with a smaller glove and he survived that and yeah. gets knocked out by Jake Paul in 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 a matter of seconds. So you gotta give him credit for that. And like I said before, these guys are doing it in a very smart way, and I think it could take them very far. And I think that McGregor fight will happen now, especially after he just lost to Dustin. It's a very big. It's a. It, it will sell. It would be a easy money grab. Yeah. And I don't know. After Conor just injured himself, his leg. I don't know how much he wants to go back to the MMA. You know, the boxing training I felt treated him better, and he actually looked good in the boxing match against Floyd Mayweather, minus yeah. him getting tired, which he always has an, an, an issue with, but. 
besides that, he looked pretty good. It's so sad to talk about Connor now and like a potential uh, matchup is with Jake Paul, man. <laughs> hey, it's, this is this is reality now. This no, is you're reality. Right. And what 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 can we do? We have to be as as honest as possible with it, you know. Well, that's kind. Of, uh, we'll we'll switch over to that because that that's one of the most interesting things. Yeah. So I, I've been a fan of his since. Um, like I said, probably a little bit, a couple of fights before the Mendez fight is when I really, yeah. we started catching fire. I remember watching the press conferences with him and Pori, even when, um, see, that's what got me into it. Like I said, the, I think they had, they were on stage together. It was Jones, Cormier, Poirier and McGregor. I think that it was, yeah. I, I believe I it, they were doing like a press conference together and, um, I don't, what's it on the same card? It was, I think it was UFC 178, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was with uh, McGregor, Poirier, Jones. I mean, yeah, James Cormier. And was there two women on that card as well? Was Ronda Rousey fighting Sarah McMahon on that card? I don't think Ronda fought because no. uh, I'm no. trying to think. She Ronda, no, Ronda headlining. wasn't on that card. Yeah. I forget who was on that card. But, but I know it was, yeah, it was stacked. So many. Yeah. yeah. And so it's so sad because, I mean – this is what I think the reality of the situation is. Everyone, it's funny, whenever he fights and he loses, like people love blowing up my phone because I'm always posting him on my story. Like the dude's such a role model. <laughs> he was such a role model to me. It's, but the re when people ask me, I tell them the reality of the situation is kind of what you said. Like, I think it defines the sport of MMA. Do I think if Connor came back, he could probably beat like, this is also me just being a fan talking. Like I could see him being some guys in the top 10. Um but the reality is when you're out of the game for so long, the game evolves. Um, you see that with so many fighters. It's not just yeah. Connor. Um, I, I'm drawing a blank here, but I'm trying to think there was, um, it was more recently someone was out for some time. And the only one that I've really seen do it well was like George St. Pierre, but I think stylistically George St. Pierre, like stylistically, that was such a great matchup for him when he came back and fought Bisping. Like he kind of mm -hmm. just like was able to outwear him, but anyone that's kind of taken a break from mixed martial arts for a really long time and then comes back, you could see like, it's bad too because Dillashaw just won, but I do feel like that staying out the game for some time and and not training really could hurt you, and that's what all it is. Do I think I think Prime McGregor? I'm really curious on what you have to to, to say about this, but like yeah. Prime Connor, um, I, I think was at that time unstoppable with all the confidence, um, with all the trash talk. People were scared to even step in there with him. They didn't know that after him beating Mendez, they're like, oh, he could outlast a wrestler. They didn't know all the weaknesses, but at this point in his career, it's kind of it's kind of tough to even see him be like a Dar a Benil Darius, you know. I don't know. <laughs> that that's that's the reality of it. So, no, uh, I agree with you. And the game does, you know, get everybody gets better. Especially these guys are going to come in like your AJ McKee. Look at AJ McKee. Kid uh -huh. is only twenty six years old and he's undefeated. He's beating these guys very easy, and that's because he was training for such a young a younger age. And when he was training at that younger age, he was getting better looks and better training compared to these other guys when they're that that young mm -hmm. connor was not doing what aj mckee was doing when he was when, when he was six or seven years old yeah definitely not so that definitely makes a huge difference in what the fighters we're going to see in the future a lot more competitive guys and these things are going to be closer than they used to be but my thing is with with connor is your your want there's a big difference between conor mcgregor and floyd mayweather floyd mayweather makes just as much money as conor mcgregor but he's still competitive and he's still he still has never lost a fight, you yeah. know? And there's a, there's a reason for that because he always, no matter what, Floyd Mayweather is always in that gym. Always in that gym. That's when true. When he was making those millions and millions of dollars, he was always <coughs> bringing in those, these, uh, the best guys from, remember he had Gervonta in, in his, in his, uh, 
in his uh, training center. He's mm-hmm. had uh, Adrian Broner in there as well. He's bringing in these really good guys and making sure he's saying just as crisp as they are. Who is Connor bringing in to, to help him with those things? He's got the same guy that's always been in there from the Owen Roddy's and, 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 and a couple of gentlemen he has in there. It's not really helping his game progress. And it showed in, the, in his, in his uh, past fight with Dustin, his past two fights with Dustin, you know, calf kicks. They didn't prepare for calf kicks at all, not knowing that's it. That, that was a very weird thing to me, like as a coach and seeing how many people have dealt with calf kicks within that division and other divisions as well to not have your guy yeah. be prepared for something like that. So for me, it's almost a coaching issue. Like I, I, I give, um, I give Connor's coach credit for where he got Connor, but in this time period, his coach has made so much money too. I'm just questioning everybody's want. That's my biggest thing because they have this, this crazy amount of money that mm. they don't know, like, do, uh, do I want to go coach somebody today? Do I want to go fight today? Connor probably took so many days off like uh, oh, during these training camps just to just like, enjoy his i know he said he wasn't around his family he wasn't doing this he was in dubai for a long time dubai is not a place that you just like oh i'm gonna train the whole entire time no man he's probably he was probably shopping or just enjoying some kind of luxury of his life that he has that's my thing i just questioned his motivation and he didn't seem authentic anymore and that even at that press conference it's like he was just like forcing everything everything was forced trying to find that old it's like a wrestler coming back and trying to re redo a, 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 a gimmick that they had a long time ago and it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta either just be who you are in that time period right now, or just lose the gimmick completely. So a lot of those things were just unfortunate to see. And the Habib thing was even worse to see. Even when that first happened, I thought that was way too personal. We're talking about the tweet, never get the tweet, the tweet that he, he just shot, made? Not even, not even just the tweet, even when he threw the, 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 the thing uh, at the, the bus, you okay. know? That the 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 urine the gurney at the at the bus like that was horrible. From that moment, that's when I was just like, oh, he's turning a weird page, and this either can get really good or really bad. I don't know which direction he's gonna take it, but as you can see, he's not making the greatest decisions when it comes to even those tweets that he made about Abib's dad. That that was just yeah, that was low, uh, terrible, you know. Yeah, so I, I definitely I think you nailed it on the head. The only thing that I will disagree with you on is the fact, and I think mm-hmm. it's actually a good debate when you kind of compare Mayweather and Connor's career together. Yeah. Um, the difference I think is that Connor's fighting the best guys in the world. It doesn't matter what the situation is. When Floyd retired, it was kind of like a weird thing, and he's picking out guys, and then his last fights against like Andre Berto and and guys like that. I think Connor's, and I'll give him credit where credit's due. Granted, it it's kind of mm-hmm. left a a bad taste in everyone's mouth because at one point you could make an argument that he could have been one of the greatest. And now it's kind of like, Oh, he's just a showman. So, but that's the yeah. difference between, between him and Mayweather. I would say like Mayweather is not taking those fights that Connor's taking. Um, it's, it's hard. You know, that's always a debate about, about uh, that is had, but the only person I ever feel, I don't feel, I don't think Floyd ever ducked anybody. Hmm. He just may have fought him maybe a year after, but still, I don't think that person was that much that different. Like even when he fought Pacquiao, I was gonna Floyd, say that Floyd was the old guy when he when he fought Pacquiao. It's not like Floyd was this, this young young gentleman. He was the older guy when he fought Pacquiao. Pacquiao was peaking prime when yeah. they fought. He still was uh, peaking in prime in that time period. That, see, that's the thing I disagree with because there was a time where like Floyd was kind of like there. It was like a they should have fought in my opinion like five years before. And like around that time, I remember Floyd was kind of like, it seemed like Floyd was coming up with almost every single excuse to not fight Pacquiao. Do I think they were closer to their primes than, mm-hmm. than a lot of people make it out to be? I know Pacquiao said he had like a shoulder issue. I don't believe that at all. I think he just mm-hmm. got beat by the better man. Yeah. 
I don't know. But the thing is, it's just a little like it's more the way Connor looks at it as business is the way mm-hmm. Floyd, it's kind of different. Like Floyd looks and, at- and different sports too. So it's hard to compare That's because true. boxing, when do you ever see a fight happen when it's supposed to happen? That's also it, true too, because it's, it's very hard. Floyd. It's not just Floyd. Yeah. We just, I mean, every fight that you want to see in boxing, <laughs> never we don't know what's happening, right? We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. I'll That's never true. understand that whole, this put top ranked and this and Mayweather promotion, all these promotions. Like it's, it's, that's something that made me hate boxing because I never got to see the fights I wanted to at that time. Like they'd call somebody out, but then they're fighting this other person. And it's just like, who is that even? Like, how, where do they come from? Why mm-hmm. are you even fighting that person? Oh, it's their, uh, what, what do you call it when you have to fight somebody um, uh, for box within a boxing? A rematch clause. You're, you're talking no, about? you're mandatory. Oh, you're they, mandatory. They all have, oh, okay, they okay, all okay. have a mandatory too, I which know, I think is I know. the stupidest thing I've, I've ever heard for, for, a, for a sport. Give the uh, people what they want. Yeah. Not stupidest thing, but just like, I feel like they give the people though. what they want. You're talking about like the WBC will order like someone to fight their mandatory on the yeah. thing. Yeah. That is stupid. I don't, I, I don't, I I don't like that at all, you know? And the rematch clause thing is kind of a little fishy thing to me too, but I feel like that's a business. That's from a business standpoint. So I get it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I got a couple more fights I wanted to talk to you about, and then and then uh, we'll pretty much wrap this up. Um, so I think ne- uh, is it this week or next week the Derek Lewis um, gone fight? That is, is that on co- Saturday. That's on this Saturday. Okay, so who? Yep. I don't so, have any, I didn't put that up. I, I was going to say too, I love the, you know, what poster I love back there that I, uh, I keep looking at, I, you can barely see it cause it's up top, but is that the Dos Anjos McGregor poster that was supposed to. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That it one is, is that's that right. One. This one right here. Yeah. I love, I, I love that. Never, I fight that never happened. I know. I know. Um, this yeah, one got rescheduled too. This one, I, that's not the original. That's yeah, the that, original poster. It happened in December, right? The original one. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. the, the, the time it actually happened, it was supposed Actual to happen one. in July. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. That was the bit, the best build. See, that's the thing. I look back at like, at that time, it's so sad with Connor. Like, that was the biggest UFC fight to make. Like, Aldo had never lost. He was the only featherweight champion in the world, and it was a crazy build. It did the whole world tour and everything. But it was great. It ended up being an amazing event. Events. Uh, well, the the Mendez one, that UFC one eighty nine. One, yeah, that was one uh, Robbie Law, Roy McDonald. Um, yeah, that yeah. was one of the best cards I've ever seen in my life. So Damn. I definitely wasn't upset about that one. I know. I miss those days, though. That's the thing. That... <laughs> but um, what are you looking at for this? De- it's a good card, but um, I'm just going to really talk about the main event. I, here's yeah. the thing that I, I, I like. I think Derek Lewis is like an insane underdog on this, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. the odds are making him like plus over plus 200. I don't know it off the top of my head. But I don't see how... I don't know why Derek Lewis is such an underdog going into this fight. I don't understand it at all. Like I could, I get why he's kind of like a, a wild fighter, but, and they, people just make him out to be like that one punch. That's it. But I don't know, dude, I think Derek Lewis actually might walk out here. The interim champion. I think he does a lot of interesting things for sure. And I, I understand why he's an underdog because the way that that game has fought, he's been very tactical He's not really getting hit that much at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, he takes his time. Like everything he does, it just he's a tactician when he gets in there. And I can see why they think he would beat Derek Lewis. Do I personally feel he's going to win? I don't think he's going to mm-hmm. win. I think Derek Lewis has had more experience with higher, high, more high-level uh, athletes in there. He's fought Dan Cormier for the title. He's been in there with Francis and Ghana. So has Gain. I know him and Gain used to train together, but being in a, an occasion and sparring is very different uh Derek Lewis has just fought the who's who of guys and I feel like that experience right there is going to make a huge difference especially in in a in maybe the later rounds because taking those heavy shots from Derek Lewis 
that's not going to be fun. There's no way. Yeah. And Derek Lewis is more athletic than people think too. That's I agree thing. with you. He's, he's Mr. I get up whenever I want. So if Gain wants to go the, <laughs> the, 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 the wrestling route, if Derek Lewis gets up, man, it's scary. And you can see in a small range of how, when he knocked out Curtis blades, how much power he still has. I know that's going to, in some sense of the way, Gain is going to be a little afraid of that. And especially when he feels it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the fight's going to either is my prediction for it. I, I mm-hmm. definitely got Derek Lewis win the fight, but I think it's either going to be really quick or really long and boring. I don't see any middle ground to it because I, I can see if, if Gain, like you said, is kind of just like being very uh, technical and just kind of like kind of like fighting an Israel out of Sanya way where you're just like just outstriking him constantly and just great head movement, very technical. Or mm-hmm. I just see Derek Lewis catching him with a shot in like two two seconds. Into yeah, the fight. And, him being, and him being in Houston, that crowd That's is going to pump him up. Oh, man. Oh, man. That would be the biggest thing he can do right there. And I feel like he's not somebody that like, oh, I feel a lot of pressure. No, he, he feels pressure to want to make that crowd go crazy, make everybody happy and do something for his his adopted hometown because he's not originally from from Houston but that is I don't know that'd make me very happy for sure yeah I would love to see him raise the bell that and that would be awesome too he's such a great guy on the mic too it's it's awesome Uh, and you know he'll say something crazy too if he if he wins that but he might take his pants off (laughs) (laughs) I know I know (laughs) that man is just hilarious um last fight uh, I want to talk about before I got and then I got one, one or two more questions for you um yeah UFC 268 so I was hoping I was going to be able to go to this because they were supposed to do it in New York. Um, but I don't think because today we just got a, like an announcement that they're doing like mandatory vaccinations everywhere in New York. It was like, the oh, first. yeah, that's right. So they, that might have to get switched up. And I doubt New York's going to they're not going to do it in MSG. I'm from here. I, you know what I'm saying? I know how they are. I, I doubt they'll do it, but they'll probably do it in Vegas. But um, it would be awesome in MSG nonetheless. But Kamaru, yeah. Colby for the belt. Um, and there's a couple fights on there where we could talk about Gaethje and Chandler. I don't know if that's confirmed yeah. yet, but I know that's like, I'm pretty sure it's confirmed. Um, it works kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk about Kobe though. The thing is with that, with him, I feel like everyone's kind of like, he doesn't deserve, I, I hear, I saw a post that it was a lot of like MMA hot takes and I, I pretty much agreed with all of them. The only one I didn't agree with was that Kobe doesn't deserve a title shot. I'll tell you why I think he does. I don't even think Jorge should have, I love Masvidal, awesome guy. I don't even think Masvidal should have fought for the belt the second time when he lost. Do I think he looked good in the first round? Did I, did I, do I think it's a huge draw? The first one sold a ton of pay-per-views. I get it. But this to me is the fight to make. Like, I don't, I get Edwards is on, what is that? A nine win streak now that he he's. Yeah. Nine like fights or 10 or 10 could be 10. I don't 10, know. Maybe. Sure. Yeah. I mean, incredible what he's done since he lost to Kamaru, but I mean, I, I think this is the fight to make. I think Kobe's the only one in the division that actually has somewhat of a chance to beat him. And, and I think if Kamaru ends up winning um, in November, then that man is probably the greatest, one of the greatest MMA fighters I've ever seen of all time. So how oh, do you think that? For, for sure. I agree with the, yeah. the Kamaru Usman thing because he's um, he's my pawn for pawn number one fighter right now. But yeah, a lot of people were disagreeing that Kobe doesn't deserve the shot. I get it. He's only won one fight since that Kamaru Usman fight, but he's the most competitive he gave Kamar Usman the most competitive fight when they fought each other. They almost they if if that would have went to decision, Kobe could have won that fight. Yeah, he could have won that fight. So the fact that they had such an amazing fight the first time, why wouldn't anybody want to see it the second time? I don't get people being upset. I'm actually very excited for that fight because I think Kobe gives him the most difficult uh, contest. Because Kobe, as much as he talks bad and much as people hate him, he's a very good fighter. Yeah, I agree uh, with you, hundred percent. 
I think that Camaro has gotten way better since then. I agree. Especially with his hands. The fact that Kamaru Usman has a jab is 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 scary. unbelievable and shows you the, <laughs> the yeah, how scary it is because it's like, damn, I was gonna beat him in striking. Now he's good at striking. Where do I beat him? So it's 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 just like now he has that kind of a goat mentality looking thing and just like how can somebody beat him? You know, just like every time John Jones fight fought. How can somebody beat him? He's good yeah. in every single place. So I think it'll be a little competitive in the beginning, but I think Kamaru Usman beats him faster than he did last time. And I think he beats him in a like bad, bad way to the point where they have to, they have to pull him off. Wow. I mean, I, see, here's the thing. I, I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen that way. Yeah. I, I want to break down Kobe though. I think it's interesting. He did one interview with, I think the guys at Submission Radio, who I love listening to, because yeah. it's funny. The guy likes to uh, relationship with him it's so funny but um he made a good point he said um that he's not oh he he mentioned how he's not going to do any media leading up to it and that that's the last interview he's kind of going to do i think that shows a lot i think he's really focused on the fight which is a good sign um i also want to mention that since i feel like he although kamaru has kind of gone better i feel like colby's also gotten better we just haven't gotten a chance to see it because he's been training with his new camp and um and doing his own thing mma masters yes yeah, so I don't know. I mean, Kamaru, we've seen it. He has more more experience in the octagon. I just think it's going to be an insane fight. I also think Colby has one of the most underrated stories in MMA when in regards to his like kind of come up. And I get he he gets a little bit more disrespectful than even like Connor sometimes when he talks about like mm-hmm. other people. But I'm be honest with you, I I actually 100% like buy into it because I don't see why there's any point of being nice to anyone when he's there for one reason and one reason only. Like and and he makes a good point. Like yeah, he does cross the line. Granted. But they are stepping in the cage at the end of the day to fight. So I don't see why he would try to be friends with anyone, especially when everyone hates him anyway at that point. So like I, I, I like I like Colby a lot, actually. He's kind of grown on me um in this new kind of era. And I think he besides Kamaru, he would easily be the best welterweight in the world without without Usman in that division. So I'd be interested yeah, to Yeah. It's it's hard. It's hard definitely to to like Colby because he just goes places you don't need to, you know. They they yeah. just bringing Jorge Masvidal's mother of his kids somewhere like that's that's some stuff you have to be very careful in life because you don't know how somebody else is you know you don't know who, what they can do to you when they see you and you're not in a public eye and I feel like you don't have to do that, those that many thing, things to stay relevant you know I feel like because Trump is no longer president he can't run with the MAGA thing anymore it's hard for him to do that so he had to find something else that he can run with mm-hmm. and it once again it doesn't like this like I said with Conor McGregor it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem authentic anymore doesn't seem authentic coming from Colby anymore. I feel like if you just, he, you, people already know who you are. You're already up there. You're about to fight for a belt. There's no need to keep this personality going. Just be yourself. I've seen him talk to somebody and be very mo- motivational and just like tell them how they can get somewhere. Just that was that an person. incredible video. If we're talking about yeah. this video, yeah. He can be he can be that kind of a person, but the fact that he's doing all these things, it, it, it doesn't look good at all. And there's other things that I, I know about him, but I just... He doesn't need to do that. He does not need to do that. Oh, you're I, saying I hate it. behind the scenes, you hear a lot, a lot of bad stuff about him. I'm sure. <laughs> not, just, not just here. Remember, I live in South Florida, and so does Kobe. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all. I, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's interesting what kind of guy really is he, but we'll see. I can't wait for that fight, though. One yeah. way or another, I mean that dude is one of the best in the world so um i got i got uh one or two questions left for you just yeah. kind of about your show um 
I know you're doing uh, your Mystic Black MMA, your own thing now, and it's it's grown already tremendously. But yeah. what's kind of do you have like an end game? Do you have any like goals? Um, what's kind of like your next step? Would you love? I mean, I can imagine you would love to work with like ESPN or the guys over there. But like, is that something that you want to do, or you want to kind of do your own thing? What what's next for you? Like, what do you what do you aim for? If I if let's say a company wants to pick me up and they want me to do interviews for them, of course, I definitely something I would look forward to. But at the end of the day, I, I think creative control is very important to the product that I want to put out. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to specifically, because if I work for an ESPN, I'm probably going to have to ask the same exact, like same question somebody else is going to ask because they want specific things. But if I'm just working for myself and I'm putting out what I want and I get to ask what I want, I feel like I can make myself very different than anybody else that's doing interviews, anybody else that's on a news station, anybody else that's on the radio, no matter what it is, I'm going to, I want to sound different. So, and I want to have that creative control of what I do. So I can go somewhere. I can have my own camera, my own cameraman. I can afford these things and pay for them through sponsorships and all those other things. And I don't have to work for somebody else. Yeah. That's awesome. What, what, if a company came to that and was like, we'll give you the creative control and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll let you do what you want to do. You could see yourself definitely working for someone like that though. Right. That that's, what's important. For you, the sure, creative control. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And of course, keeping my name and owning my name, everything I want to own. I don't want anybody else to own anything about something that I built. And some people, you know, they'll get money thrown in their face and they're just like, no, I want to, I, that's fine. I'll take this money now. No, remember Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle got thrown $50 million and he would have lost his whole, I mean, he did lose his brand because Comedy Central kind of took that and he didn't get any of that back until most more than recently, you know? So that, is definitely important to me just owning everything that i've built yeah it's awesome i think you um you have such a great mindset and like that you have such a natural way of like thinking and everything that you kind of do it's really like the the natural way to to do what you're doing so i i hope you you realize that because you really have kind of a i couldn't describe it any better it is natural it's not there's no reason for it it's just you like doing what you do because you like it so i think that's that's incredible. And and my last question to you, I kind of like to wrap this up yeah. um, with everyone. Uh, I, I usually clip these clips and put them on TikTok with the motivational music behind them. <laughs> but um, what, what advice would you give to someone like coming up um, young, trying to do media um, or just chasing their dream in general? Like, do you have any advice for them? My advice to anybody coming up and doing media is to work hard, be you, be be unique and if somebody calls you weird or whatever it is who cares that means you're making some kind of impact and some, and people are noticing and just love what you do loving what you do is just one of the best feelings that i can ever ever describe and i don't i don't wake up in the morning knowing oh man i gotta go to this stupid job no i can't wait to get to it and i can't wait to go to work i can't wait to speak to these people and just sticking to what you to what you do and try to see how you can be better next time. That's always important as well. That's awesome, man. And like I said, that's going on TikTok hundred <laughs> percent, but uh, thank you so much, Darnell. It was, it yeah. was a, it was a pleasure having you on. Um, can you just plug, uh, I mean, you see the merch um, for people watching, we got the hat on, I saw the, the sweater, um, but plug, uh, where can people find you on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, everywhere? YouTube, you can find me at Mystic Black MMA. Of course, you can find me on MMA Island. You can find me on Low Kick MMA as well. Instagram at Mystic Black MMA um, podcast on Spotify. Stay Mystic Black MMA, the Mystic Hour. It's on there. All my podcasts are on there. Um, 
yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Just make sure you guys pay attention to my page and see all the things that I'm going to be releasing. I got a lot of things that I'm working on. Uh, if you want merch, of course, DM me on my Mystic Black page. This hoodie is a one of one, so these are not you gotta, for sale. You got to <laughs> ship those out to me. I need something like that. <laughs> I, I got I got you. If you want shirts, tank tops, things like that, and hats, you let me know. But this is a one of one. But I will be releasing a hoodie very soon. I promise you guys I got one for you coming. But thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, man. You are you are amazing, man. I think you're going to do really good things in whichever avenue or way that you you want to go.